Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 26th of July. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, markets, and startups. I'm Nadine Blaney, and really happy to be here with David Scott. Scotty, we've barely said boo to each other all day today. Yeah, I've been hiding behind my uh, computer screen, nutting out a few things in my head, so it's uh, been a, a trying start to the week. Well, socially distanced as well. I mean, we're doing our part here at AusBiz. Of course, you see us on screens if you're an AusBiz viewer. Um, but you'll notice that we're in the studio on our own and we have a whole floor uh, to ourselves pretty much and we're all sitting quite uh, quite far apart. So it's nice to see you is my point, Scuddy. Yeah, in person's always fantastic at a social distance uh, space, of course. All right. So uh, today, look, it was a flat finish for the XJO. Thought we might be able to eke out a gain, just how trading was going toward the end. That would make it four consecutive sessions. But... Look, I think we picked up a little bit of negativity from what was going around the Asian market. I mean, Hong Kong's Hang Seng was down more than 2% at one stage. Yeah, continuous crackdown on those tech giants, education providers as well. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's getting very interesting in China. Uh, big power play underway, and uh, that's going to have ramifications not only within China, but I uh, know regionally as well. So it has implications, of course, for us here in Australia. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, look, we did see the materials space. Uh, doing the heavy lifting for the local market through the day-to-day. So that sector ended up by about 1%, ended up. I should be very clear when I say that. Um, My apologies, sometimes my mouth at the end of the day is not precise. We see energy, uh, a real laggard, down by 1.4%. Oil futures coming under pressure uh, throughout, really, the Asian session. Um, In terms of stock-specific moves, Scuddy, there was quite a few. Linus, in that rare earth space, I talked to Julia Lee from Bourbon Investor in the day. She was pretty chuffed. It's in her in her fund and up by 11% pretty much. Yeah, well, it's uh, the largest rarest producer outside of China. And we know what uh, direction China is going from a geopolitical perspective and a supply perspective. So that means uh, it's the biggest worldwide ex-China. So uh, probably happy days for the time being. Rio Tinto was one of the big performers. I think it's worthwhile mentioning that we do get the interim result after the Australian market closes on Wednesday, really big expectations for the big miners this time around. Because, of course, I mean, well, do I even need to mention iron ore? I mean, the price has just been incredible. And so that that's not only driving earnings, but likely um, returns to shareholders. So lots of positivity around the, the big miners today as well. Yeah. But you expect it. No, people already people should know that. We know there's going to be bumper results and everything else. So I think it's more about the production levels and probably any signs of uh, of inflationary pressures creeping in, margin pressures creeping in, given the uh, the strength of demand and some of the other things we're seeing at the moment. But yeah, I would have thought that like everyone's like, yeah, we know that iron ore prices have been really high for a really long time. So 
It'll be interesting to see how the market digests it now. How high has the bar been set? Yeah. Like those Olympians, they're going to put in the little bar up and keep going to the... Uh, have you been watching the Olympics? I've been watching a few things, but uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, good to see the... It's good to see the uh, Aussies winning a few gold medals. Yeah, the swimmers. Gosh, makes me proud. Um, Bitcoin prices extending their surge. Lots of people wondering why. There have been reports that Amazon is looking to accept Bitcoin as a tender. I don't. I don't think there's legs to that story necessarily right now. I though. just saw reports, insiders, and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, and that's don't take that as gospel. It's no, uh, we all know on weekends and uh, the crypto space can be crazy at the best of times. I wonder what's going on as well. You think about you know some of those that we talked about the Chinese uh, rumbles and the uh, share market there. Whether that might be having a bit of influence as well. Uh, of course, we do have Tesla earnings out as well later on tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, how many companies around the world have got Bitcoin on their balance sheet? Well, just a handful, and one of those just happens to be Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. And it's a big week for US earnings. Uh, So really, it's like the appetizer, I think, for the Australian season. We've got, well, I mentioned Rio Tinto this week, but, um, you know, in the UK, we get a lot of the big banks there. In the US, you mentioned Tesla, we get Amazon, we get Apple, Microsoft. It's a big week. And that will go a long way. You've got to think um, for, you know, really setting sentiment and it, it picks up tonight. We spoke with Nathan Bell from InvestSmart. He gave us a bit of a take on avoiding the noise of US earnings season this week. So if you'd like to listen to that via the show notes, you can do so. Um, and we've also, now that we're on the subject, got three buys to start the week that you can access via the show notes as well. That's from Gaurav Sodi from The Intelligent Investor. Um, before we get on to some other topics Scotty, let's do stock of the day. It was Linus. So Linus, the stock of the day, the best performer, as I mentioned earlier, on the local market. Julia Lee's not part of the uh, panel today? She's not part of the panel. David Novak from Wealthwise and Robert Cortlett from Macro Capital. Let's take a listen. They're taking advantage of the uh, increased prices for rare earth metals. It's just looking good for them. We're a little bit late to the party getting involved in Linus, unfortunately. We um, we probably uh, bought the weakness there around May, around that um, 15, 580 level. Um, so it's worked out well for us so far, but um, I'd, I'd look to try and pick it up on some more weakness. I think it's um, it, it looks to be well positioned in the short to medium term. Um, the electric, electric vehicle market uh, is going to be a huge consumer of rare earths, and uh, that sector is due to grow at about 80% uh, compound annual growth rate over the next five years. So, um, you know, Linus have a lot of things working for them. It is a bit late to the party, as he said. Um, you know, last year this stock got down to, would you believe, a dollar. Here we are looking at seven, uh, towards seven now. Um, so the only issue for me is if you've got the stock, you'd definitely hold it. Um, I wouldn't be chasing it up here uh, because it's trading on an incredibly high multiple. I mean, their cash flows are improving, uh, obviously. And so is the rare earth material average price, I think, has doubled in the last year from $20 a kilo to 40 And if you're a technical trader, you, you could buy it because it's breaking to a new high. But just to, too rich in price for me, there's, there's better opportunities. So that is not going in the Ausbiz portfolio. Yeah, I, I mentioned Julia Lee earlier. Look, she's looking forward to reporting season. If you um, would like to know what she is expecting in terms of outperformance, underperformance, and looking to buy on any weakness, that interview will be up online. It is up online or available via the app. Scotty, we can't go a day without talking about COVID. You've got a view in the newsletter uh, that I think speaks for itself. If anybody wants to go read that, the COB is available in newsletter form. But look, I had a really good conversation to end the day with uh, Grant Wilson from Exante Data. Mm -hmm. 
Look, he's saying now is the time to be very circumspect about this. He said that it's it, the only constant with this now is change. That's changing virus, changing conversation around uh, vaccinations, changing conversation around stimulus and what will happen next. So he's just saying we need to not focus so much on the stock market property prices. We need to focus on the fact that he does not think we are any longer in a sort of snapback scenario because as far as he sees it, state borders won't be opening with New South Wales until Christmas, maybe. And uh, the pressure that that will put on the economy, he says we're going to be crawling out of this one. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, I agree with a lot with has to say. And I'm, uh, I'm concerned. Uh, no, I've written wrote about the uh, international border and the reluctance of having Australians accept that. Jeez, uh, probably getting on your yeah. a year ago. It's and now, I, I never in my wildest dreams thought that that actually going to apply to the domestic uh, borders. No. But it is clearly a factor. And we hate being city-centric here uh, on the program, but you cannot escape the fact that it's 25% of the Australian economy, just this city where we're standing right now. Uh, so if you take that out of the equation, you weaken that, then you're going to weaken the rest of the country. And you talk about some of the uh, the tourism side of the equation, you know, southeast Queensland, I'm talking to you, other parts of the country as well. We know that it will go and weaken us. And so to me, it just makes zero sense. We saw those ugly scenes here in Sydney and to a lesser degree Melbourne over the weekend, whilst lots of dominates, uh, lots of uh, no headlines about individual actions and stuff that was taken there. There was a large proportion of people who were there genuinely because they're concerned about what the future holds for them financially in particular uh, by these rolling lockdown measures. We're so close to the end, guys. So everyone in Canberra, I just implore people, this is the time to go and not become fiscal conservatives again. This is the time just to go and make sure we get across the other side. This is the last little rung. We don't do it now. Hey, we could be back at day dot. And who wants to be in that place? No. And uh, I've been begging on it from the beginning as well. And it comes up in the conversation with Grant Wilson. Like he was even uh, a proponent for eradication earlier in the piece. We missed our window for that, he admits. But we need to start talking. We need to start talking about living with COVID. What will happen when the international borders open? What, what we need to happen to have the state borders open. I mean, this Delta variant has changed things. Again, getting back to that constant thematic about change. And you have to you have to move with it. And that comes to your point about the government and stimulus as well. I mean, it will just be such a shame if you look back and think we should have done more. You, do, you, you do not want people going to work unnecessarily and breaking the rules unnecessarily because they're desperate. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing at the moment. And that should be a massive wake-up call because we know that you know, the longer this drags out, the more economic damage it's going to go and do. And uh, we haven't even touched upon some of the mental health side of things. Like you know, People have known about my outcome. I've spoken about it in uh, newsletters and, uh, and everything else. Like It's been over five weeks now since I've seen my family, my, uh, my 17-week-old child. Uh, you haven't seen your folks in how long now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, these are all things that, no, these are real life. And uh, these are things that are not given enough airtime. And uh, if, whilst I admit that I think I'm doing okay in the other uh, broader scheme of things, a lot of people aren't. And we need to go and accept that there's going to be a lot of damage beyond the financial side. The least we can do now is support that. We had Comsec State of the States out today, Tasmania number one. We get weekly consumer confidence tomorrow. Uh, sentiment last time was at eight-month lows. It will be damaged again because of the extension of these lockdowns. Uh, the RBA governor, Guy DeBell, speaks, but it's at a Forex Markets conference in the U.S. I don't think he's going to get a lot of Q&As about, about what's happening here in Australia. Maybe, maybe a couple on the Australian dollar, which, again, you know, is in a downtrend. And I uh, can't really see that turning around anytime soon. Now, in tonight, in the U.S. session, we get U.S. new home sales and the Dallas Fed Manufacturing Index. 
Uh, but really, it's an inflation week. I mean, we're, we're, we're grinding toward that consumer price report in Australia on Wednesday. Scuddy, inflation could lift. Uh, we're talking headline inflation to 0.7%. Uh, I don't think that this inflation read is going to really change the conversation in no. any significant way. I reckon uh, on the, in an annals of time are written. Uh, we'll go back to this uh, this release and it'll probably be the smallest reaction in markets because it's just it's inconsequential at this point in time. We know that uh, you know, even if it's hotter or it's colder than expected, we know that uh, you know, policy is going to be extremely stimulatory for the time being from the RBA. But uh, yet again, it comes back to the fiscal side of the equation. It's the only game in town. So all the RBA can do in such a circumstance is to go and keep things very, very accommodative. Yep. Keep it accommodative, step back, and encourage policymakers to step up. All right, we get the U.S. Federal Reserve policy decision. Uh, again, bond buying program, inflation will be keys there, what's said around that. And also, if there's any sort of a drip feed of talk of taper coming through, um, yeah, that's probably the highlight in the U.S., this week, I've got to say. Yeah, I've got PC inflation uh, later on. Uh, but uh, ahead of that, the Fed will be really important, of course. I think Jay Powell's got a real... like. I don't know what, obviously, the Fed's uh, members have got their own, own bias and what they're looking to go and achieve. But I think that he needs to go and make the point that tapering does not mean, oh, yeah, the automatic you know, countdown mm. clock starts for, uh, for interest rate increases. Uh, that shouldn't be the way that it's being interpreted. That's what the market is seeing. You've got the... Bloody damn useless dot plot as well, which thankfully you won't get on this occasion. Yeah. But that set all the uh, the hawks amongst, oh, we've got to go and start hiking rates. Make the point that uh, no, if we think it's transitory, we need to go and keep stimulatory measures. We don't need to go emergency measures such as QE and start that tone of discussion. It's, it's the, the talk about less dovish as opposed to turning hawkish. But I do think some, some of the blame lies with, well... I'm not just going to say headline writers, but, you know, it's just the knee-jerk reaction of people, isn't it? It's just behavioral psychology. Yeah. Uh, you know, anything is said, all of a sudden they're hawkish, when actually they're just becoming a little less dovish, and they can't stay ultra-dovish forever, not in the face of earnings, you know, that we're going to get through this week. Tonight, Lockheed Martin, Southern Copper. We get 3M, we get Alphabet which is, of course, Google's parent, General Electric, Starbucks, Amazon, Apple, Boeing. I mean, I could keep going on this week, but there's going to be some strong earnings coming through. And that speaks to the health of corporates and the economy. Yeah, and uh, I'll be watching what companies can go and pass on cost increases yeah. to their customers. To me, that's the, uh, the game because that will determine what um, monetary policy is. All right, Scotty, looking forward to tomorrow. Hope you have a good night. Uh, we will... We'll continue to discuss all of this, no doubt, throughout the week. Yep. And uh, everyone out there, enjoy uh, the podcast and enjoy the Olympics tonight. And we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Good one. See ya. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.